Welcome to episode five of a podcast greater than yourself. I'm John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And we're your hosts. So this week we sat down with our friend Clarence to discuss step nine. Clarence is one of my favorite people in Alcoholics Anonymous. He is one of the most learned uh, AAs that I know. Yeah, I've uh, been fortunate enough to be really involved with a lot of uh, 12-step stuff with him. Uh, out and about treatment centers, starting groups, doing meetings, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think he brought some really good insights to the table on step nine stuff and 11 and 10 and 12 too. Yeah, he's, I mean, again, he's just like other guests. He's just, he has a passion for this. He is on fire for this and it comes across so clearly when he talks about it. Absolutely. And we'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Hit us up at podcast greater than yourself at gmail.com. And we look forward to hearing from you and hope you enjoy the episode. Also, make sure you like and subscribe the podcast on whatever podcast platform you're using. You should be able to get it on any of your platforms. And if you could drop us a rating uh, and definitely, you know, pass it around to your friends and Alcoholics Anonymous that are interested in, in learning more about the book and the program. We'd love to hear from them as well. Hell yeah. Peace in the Middle East. When you said George Strait, I was like, oh, right, spoons. Okay, got it. Yeah, I'm, I'm back. Oh, yeah. Spoon virtuoso, George Strait. <laughs> right, right, right. That's good. All right, so, Mr. Clarence, what was your, your ninth-step reading? So, um, I don't know how you feel about this, but I had two. I hate it already. I had two, but they were just two sentences. They're just in two different places. Hey, do, so, what, you, do what you got to do. It's, it's your reading. All right. Page 82. We feel a man is unthinking when he says that sobriety is enough. Page 164. <laughs> okay. The answers will come if your own house is in order. You know, a li- living amends is the one I hear all the time. And I don't have any idea what that is. <laughs> uh yeah, so uh, I just hear it all the time in meetings. So, I mean, living amends, I hear it from sponsees. Um, you know, I've had guys that uh, are coming out of N.A. and it's not work. They can't stay sober. And uh. Uh, and I think it's actually in their workbooks. Something about, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes the best amends we can make is to stay sober. I hear this line all the time. Um and it just blows my mind like what in what universe is staying sober amending anything (laughs) and um Mm -hmm. uh you know it reminds me of like uh you know like not hurting people doesn't make you a good person you know it just makes you like you might not be a shitbag for not hurting people but like you're not and it's not spiritual to not harm people (laughs) yeah it's like the thing like well, I, I pay my child support. Right. You're supposed yeah, to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not bonus. You don't get extra points for doing that. Um, you want A just for showing up on time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the living amends is the participation trophy for... Right. It's like... 
and, it, and it's always it's hilarious because uh, you know I've done it too but like I see it with sponsees it's like the first amends they want to make them I'm like okay so what amends can we make right now and it's always like their dead grandma and I'm like well, I can write <laughs> I can write a letter and go leave it at her grave and like like what Yo, your mom is still alive. You can you you stole a shitload of money. For you. How about you go pay her back? Like you're, like we always want to make amends to the person that doesn't exist anymore. When like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in in step nine, it's talking about direct amends, and uh, mm-hmm. it doesn't say anything about this living amends or even you know approach the topic of people that aren't alive anymore. I mean, it's so clear now that I've done the work, but like when when. I have guys that are like they're struggling at uh, and that's where my second reading comes in they're struggling at getting this relate understanding what their relationship with god looks like they don't know which way to go they're living in fear like the right answers aren't coming uh and it's because they're still you know they still have this alcoholic ego that's killing them and, they, and they're not doing anything to uh you know to deflate their massive ego and like they're not making the direct amends and they're and they're beating around the bush and trying to uh you know like like maybe i'll get an award if i'm just a good boy now and uh in that second reading that uh you know the right answers will come if your own house is in order and and a lot of people uh talk about it like oh well um and it and it's true like it's this mess I made is blocking me from God, but but before I make the amends, it's hard for me to understand that. Like it sounds really religious or something, um, and so you know, breaking it down to an analogy is more useful to me. And the way I look at it now is like, uh, you know, okay, if my own house is in order. It's like it's like third grade stuff. Like I'm asking God for this gift of giving me the right answers, and you know, it's like. Imagine being a, a third grader and leaving your playroom a mess with Legos and Hot Wheels everywhere and the the bin knocked over and now you have the, the audacity to ask for ice cream for dinner too while you're at it. <laughs> it's like Right. Or a forty year old. Yeah. There's a lot of forty year olds who love Legos. Yeah, and Hot Wheels. Uh <laughs> pretty cool. I just wanna play with Legos and eat ice cream, guys. <laughs> I don't wanna do my amends. <laughs> well, like we talked with Clay. We did a recording with Clay from the guy, who, uh-huh. the sarcastic yeah, book yeah. guy. And one of the things that we were talking about in that was the, you know, because his whole thing is like all the sarcastic big book stuff stemmed from him, like reading the big book sarcastically to people and like interjecting, you know, like stuff you hear in meetings that's just like right. directly against the text such as like living amends this is the best way that you can make amends you know right when like the book says you know page 82 that a guy who thinks that sobriety is enough i.e is the best way to make amends to people you've fucked over is like the dude who's comes out of the storm cellar and the house is gone and he's like well it's not windy anymore that's right. pretty cool it's like you are deluded my man All right and one of the things we were talking about was the nine step promises in reverse. And that's something that I've done with a sponsee before where I'm just like, okay, turn to page 83. Let's take a look at this. So is this how you're feeling? You don't know a sense of freedom and happiness. You regret the past. You, right. want, you want to shut the past out. 
you can't grasp serenity you don't know peace you know you can't see that you're useful to someone else you feel full of self-pity you know what i mean right and so like all those things just read in opposite it's like i i'm expecting to have that what which is the ice cream for dinner without fucking doing anything right you know but it's like if i'm showing up and like just going to meetings and i'm hearing that like i can have that because they read it and they call the promises and they say before you're halfway done (laughs) and like they just present that as like here's what happens when you come around enough right that's not necessarily on me for thinking that that's going to happen because somebody told me you know but if i have a sponsor like you're talking about who's like taking me through the book and saying here's what we got to do and the promises for all the steps are not uh, a carrot that i'm dangling in front of you it's like a waypoint it's like a, a ruler and it's like a way to say okay are you here did you get this yet no okay so let's look back and see did you miss something uh, the way my sponsor presented it to me and how I present it to guys is, uh, you know, like you're saying, go go to it backwards. Um, like I look at it kind of like a high school algebra book, and you turn to the back, and it has the yeah. answers in the back, but it doesn't tell you how to get there. It's just mm-hmm. like you check your mm-hmm. work and see the answer in the back. And uh, if you do it, if it's wrong, then you go back and do the problem over again. And and that's really what the promises are. They're like you should be experiencing these things if you've taken these actions and uh and that's what i've had lately with i mean what i have all the time really with with guys is uh wanting those results without taking the actions and then you know wanting to almost like philosophize about you know like well how do i get these promises (laughs) it's like (laughs) it says it right here like sobriety is not enough like we gotta do the work for we gotta have the pain to get these promises and you know that i was telling a guy the other day that my my relationship with god didn't come from me like thinking about it really hard and philosophizing and and even praying like yeah praying's good but i my relationship with god came from these actions and uh describing what my relationship to god looks like to somebody who doesn't have a relationship with God is going to be like trying to describe the color red to a blind person. It's just not going to be, uh, it's not going to make sense. So I, the only thing I have to present is taking this action, you take this action, then you're going to get your own relationship with God. And it takes my mm-hmm. opinions out of the equation at all. Like, yeah. look, you don't have to give a shit about my relationship with God. I'm just, like, if you're like me, going and making these direct amends is going to give you an experience that will be sufficient enough to learn what God means to you. Absolutely. I think, uh, I, I really like the reading that you picked the, that paragraph. It's talking specifically about your house. It's talking specifically about, um, you know, how you're treating your wife and your mom and your family. And, you know, the thing I, I really like about that line is uh, I think a theme that we're going to kind of get to over and over again in this in this podcast, which is that um, we hear a certain thing in meetings, and yet you can read one line from the book that completely dismantles this overarching mm-hmm. idea of what Alcoholics Anonymous is preaching today. Alcoholics Anonymous today is just stay sober one day at a time. Right. And yet that line says, 
that that's not enough. I mean, it's like we just dismantled the entire program <laughs> that you're going to hear at 90% of the Zoom meetings today. And all you did was read one sentence, you know, mm-hmm. um, the big book is so clear, um, you know, and the I love your uh, analogy, um, Clarence, about, you know, the the describing the color red, the way I always explain it is like, it's like, if right, until you've made amends, anything I tell you about them, I'm it's like I speak in French to you, but you don't fucking speak French. And so, you know, you might pick up a word or you might even catch a little bit of my tone and understand like the direction, but you really, you're just nodding. Like, right. uh-huh. it might sound really deep. And yeah. Like, it's a, uh-huh. it's a different language. I thought the same but yeah, thing. I'm speaking. Yeah. I'm speaking a different language and this is something you have to experience to understand. I didn't fuck anybody over in Alcoholics Anonymous when I was out there drinking and using the idea that I'm just going to come to AA and be a good boy and stay sober. That is not the ninth step. Right. right. I fucked over the people closest <laughs> to me. Was uh, I fucked over the people that were closest to me. And those are the people that need to be seeing this change. They, they need to see this demonstration of what this means to live spiritually. Right. It's not it's not enough to just show it one hour a day uh, at a meeting. Jenna McInerney was well on her way to becoming a leading influencer in the high-stakes world of fashion design. This resort collection will make Anna Wintour gag. By day, she worked hard. Models are on their way. Get to the sample room. Give me those accessories. Annie Leibovitz will be here any minute. But by night, she played even harder. Photo shoot today was fucking amazing. Let's get these Moe and Chandons on the table. Outwardly, everything seemed to be going to plan. Fuck that fucking Uber driver. I can't believe he kicked us out for doing coke in the backseat. God damn it. Let's stop in the liquor store and jump on the Q train. Watch out, New York City. Here comes Hurricane Jenna! She was admired by her peers and respected by her colleagues. That Jenna is so fierce. The resort collection made me gag. But no one knew she was secretly hanging on by a thread. Okay, so just a baby bump in the morning with my grapefruit, and then a liquid lunch on my way to the shoot will be good. Until one fateful day when everything came apart at the seams. Jenna, we have to speak. Yes, Anton? This is the third day this week you've shown up, with your hands shaking so badly, you can't even participate in the fitting. Oh, Anton, I know. I'm so sorry. I swear it won't happen again. This is the last time. I know it's the last time, Jenna. We're sending you to Revolving Hills, Malibu. You're going to get the help you need. Because you had a bad day. See the season's drug and alcohol recovery story, Variety says will have you in stitches. We're going to need you to hand over all personal belongings. What? I don't even get to keep my fucking Percocet? A tale woven from the cliched leftovers of recovery stories like 28 Days, Don't Worry He Won't Get Far on Foot, and Beautiful Boy. Okay, everyone, circle up, circle up. I know everybody's itching to get to the equine therapy this afternoon, but first, the inner child workshop. And don't worry, we've of course made sure to fit in a totally unnecessary heterosexual romance subplot. Jenna, I've got to go out on a limb and say it. Even though we both had to hit rock bottom, 
Once we stopped digging, we found each other. Oh, Gareth, you're so right. I feel like I found my soulmate at the bottom of a bottle. I know we're supposed to get a house plant first, and then get a pet, and then get a human. But I feel like I've already found my human in you. Oh, Gareth, I feel exactly the same way. And besides, I can't afford the amount of equine therapy and vibrators it would take to distract me from alcohol. Coming this summer, Hurricane Jenna. Being sober isn't spiritual at all. Like, in what universe is being sober itself spiritual? Right? There Abstinence plenty, right? from alcohol. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there are plenty of people who drink alcohol that are spiritual and, like, have, have a relationship right. with God and, like, have purpose. And, like, so, like, what, <laughs> right. what are you even yeah, trying I mean, to accomplish with the abstinence here? So, my, my reading is on page 19. I'm just, like, I'm burning to read this because... It's the same fucking thing that we're talking about. I'm like, let me just read my shit. Uh, We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. Hmm. And I think that, like, that's very often, uh, at least for me, and, like, definitely working with with people going through the steps that's very often like step 12 stuff that we're talking about um with that passage but it came to mind with the topic of step nine because of this exact stuff that we're talking about because like i can um (laughs) i just had a similar experience what you were talking about where it's like i i i'm helping this guy through the steps and then we get to this part of the steps and it's like, yeah, I got 78 people on my list. And it's like, cool. So let's let's get started. So I'm talking to this guy about the uh, amends. And it's like, oh, well, I'm, I'm inpatient right now. And I can't, I can't really contact these people because I can't get on Facebook Messenger. And I... <laughs> I'm 40 years old and I don't remember a single phone number I've ever had in my life and any phone, you know, like I don't have access to my phone. I can't use email. I can't get on Facebook messenger just on and on and on. It's like, cool, man. So I guess you want to write a bunch of letters to dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we go through all that. Cause I'm like, what you're saying what you were saying like i'm like okay who can we do now right right now because the night step is about action the night step is not about trying to figure shit out right the night step is about i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna do what i feel inspired to do for god's kids so god can take care of this other shit for me and so in that endeavor i have to perform actions and so the book makes it pretty clear. If I can't see somebody, if it's uh, s- if, uh, sincerely a situation where I cannot see someone, but I have a genuine willingness to do the amends, then, you know, we can keep moving forward with other stuff. Um, but I'm just at an impasse where I'm like, okay, cool. So I got nine dead people. Uh, you know, we can talk about those. Let's talk about the ones who aren't dead, who you think you can possibly contact right now. And out of like 
75, 80 names, it's like four or something. And I'm like, okay, so four people on the planet who you can think of that you can actually get in contact with. Okay, cool. And then like one of them is, of course, there at the inpatient facility as well. (laughs) Um, Because why not? And then, you know, so it's like, okay, cool. Here's here's exact instruction. You know, like, we're going to talk this out. We pray about it. We go through the whole thing. And then it's like, okay, well, thanks. Goodbye forever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, well, yeah, you know, because you want to write letters to dead people and act like you've never memorized a phone number in your life, you know? And Right. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not shocked by that, but it's like, um, you have... Uh, a, a very clear opportunity there to be helpful to somebody who you live with in that facility. And it's like, that's your home right now, home occupations affairs. And like, for those of us who are not in that kind of situation, um, I don't, I, I'm not champion of the world because I stopped snorting pills on my lunch break. Right. You know, I haven't had a nosebleed while on the phone with a client at work for Mm. quite some time um but i don't get extra points for that you know that's just baseline normal people shit like (laughs) i'm not i'm not earning any medals what i what i it's worse than normal people though because it's like (laughs) it's like it's like harvey weinstein not raping somebody that night and then you're like oh thank you Harvey. like it's like you're you're a horrible person harvey w (laughs) harvey w sorry (laughs) broke his anonymity So yeah, yeah. I'm just like I'm. Uh, it's like not only are you okay, you're not hurting people, but like you you hurt a whole lot of people, and and like there's this huge mess, and like you're doing nothing to, to th- clean that up, right? To think that you get anything just because you're not hurting people anymore is like no, you're still you're harming people by your mere uh, inaction to clean up your like your mess is going to continue to hurt people as long as they live like if it's resentment the book talks about resentment being an evil corroding thread well you probably have people who resent you and this evil corroding thread is manifesting in them too with your inaction to make so just because you're not like physically going and stealing out of their wallet anymore doesn't mean that you're spiritually harming them by your inaction and and which is continuing harm i'm gonna have to actually demote you five Big book, big book points because the evil and corroding thread is fear. Oh okay. fuck! <laughs> but the whole point out. in me wanting to choose that reading is that, in to my this mind, poison. That reading is the only mention of anything approaching a living immense in the book, and it's like saying that it's it's right. Not, it's not only necessary that we demonstrate these principles but that that's a really great opportunity for us to demonstrate those principles it's like i can't sponsor someone cool i'm gonna go be a great neighbor and husband so i mean i'd like to this is where i wish we got like a replay because i'm I basically quoted that line right before you read your part. Um, I love this line in the book. And this is something that's I why I was like, I have to read it. I, I know because like... I was about to, I almost <laughs> quoted it verbatim. And then I was like, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't know why I just felt like I, so um, what you just said is exactly right. Okay. My sponsor was really clear with me. Cause guess what? 
I was in an inpatient rehab. And here's my experience with inpatient rehabs because I was in one for 11 months. To your point about Facebook and being unable to get on Facebook, I saw the same thing and I've experienced the same thing. Yet I was in the same treatment center and all those dudes somehow were hooking up with all their old ex-girlfriends yep. and finding people they needed to find when they, when they needed to find them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, my sponsor, we read this part. I read this with everybody. Uh, this is, to me... Um, yeah, it just goes back to what I was saying before. This is all about, you're absolutely right. I might not be able to go get to every single person on my list right now. I personally lived in several cities across the United States. It was not possible for me to jump out of where I was and fly a thousand miles to make a direct amends when I was six months sober, still locked down, no money. Mm -hmm. So the best I could do um, was to try to pay back the money where I could and uh, and to try to make amends to people that were right in front of me and then to try to you know reach out to those people and set something up. But in the meantime, uh, I had an opportunity to demonstrate um, these ideals, right, in these other relationships to start to practice this. And like Clarence was saying, it's like um, just not drinking is not growing towards God. Yeah. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of hand in hand with the thing of like, uh, you know, you, you, you pick up a new sponsee at a facility like that. And then, like, like I, early in sobriety, I did that uh, a few times where it was like, um, I grab a new person. And then they're all enthusiastic and blah, blah. And, you know, they're obviously in their first week or two at this place because they they have a fire under their ass and they're like, I need mm -hmm. to do something. And they're all about, yeah, I'm willing and blah, blah. And, you know, you get into the action steps with them and then it becomes more of like, um, you know, having to tell this person like, I'm not your meeting buddy. I'm not going to pick you up and take you to meetings. That's not what we're doing. Um, we're doing step work stuff. If you need me to like take you to, you know, middle of the fucking country where you grew up to do some amends in order for you to start that shit, I will fucking do that for you. Right. I will help you out. Cause you don't have a car and you're living in this shelter or whatever. But like what I'm not going to do is come pick you up and take you to the fucking meeting and then on the way home from the meeting when we're supposed to be reviewing your nine step stuff you know you ask me to stop at the store and you go in and you buy a pack of smokes and a couple sodas and come back out and then i'm wondering well like didn't you say you didn't have 50 cents to use the payphone to call me last week <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so you know it's almost like people are trying to learn how to uh be spiritual rather than how to have a spiritual experience it's like uh, i'll pray in the morning i have guys tell me like i'm praying in the morning and i'm oh yeah you know i'm go i'm going to meetings like they're hearing all this spiritual stuff and i'm meditating now and they're like struggling to have this actual relationship with god and um and like yeah okay yeah praying and meditating like it's all part of the work like in the action steps and, and you reminded me saying action steps um there's like from from the point that it starts uh, on after the third step, vigorous action uh, until the end of uh, of uh, working with others, it's like 39 pages. So like 39 pages of action to have this spiritual experience. And step nine is like nine pages of that. So like yeah. that's literally a quarter of it. You're taking a quarter of the 
of the work out and then it's like well yeah no shit you're not having this you're not having this experience and you're not having these promises that we all talk about that who are recovered because you're you know you're not taking the actions that are gonna you know give you what we're talking about you guys have both heard me say this in meetings all the time uh you know, the sound of Alcoholics Anonymous is not the clapping in the meetings. It is the knocking on the door and offering to pay the money back. Right. It is mm-hmm. taking responsibility for the person that I was in your life. Um, you know, this is not about making apologies. This is about owning something. And, and uh, Clarence, you know, said it earlier about the definition of what it means to amend something. Right. This is about to set right a wrong. Um, and so we go through in very detailed you know, description, but then it's on them to fucking reach out to the person. It's on them to put those harms down on paper and to, you know, figure out, I mean, I'll review it with them, but it's on them to actually put that all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I go through, uh, I mean, in depth, just because there's so much misinformation in the rooms and you know, yeah. not, not just with the, uh, living amends, but also with the, well, I'm in others. I love that one too. I hear it all the time. I'm, <laughs> right. Don't Pain. harm them or others. Well, I'm in others. And it's like, that doesn't even just looking at it from, you put the big book aside and just look at English language. <laughs> How the fuck are you in others? It doesn't make any, any sense. And then, and you know, it literally says no matter what the personal consequences may be. It specifically like not uh-huh. only does it not say like oh maybe maybe you're another. It doesn't like leave it vague. <laughs> it like very directly says like you are not in others right there. Some of the clearance I- will likely hurt you. <laughs> I won't be able to afford all my monster energy drinks if I pay that money back. Right. My uh, my new neck tattoo that says serenity. Uh, cost me quite a oh, bit, man. <laughs> which is also my which is also my daughter's name. <laughs> Who was just born? Meeting. Just born. Yeah, three. I days had ago. a I had a guy get Better a in ta- treatment. I had a guy get a tattoo as an amends. I remember too. that. <laughs> and uh, that's sick. He he, so sick. he is he is in the wind. Right. Mm. Yeah. The ni- I mean, the ninth step is to me is where you join Alcoholics Anonymous. It's it's where you. It's where you separate, you know. This is the step I, that separates the men. <laughs> right. That was going to say. Hundred yeah, percent. The, the what? people from the persons. I don't know what the twelve and twelve says about it, but I don't know what government manufactured LSD from the fifties <laughs> you have to be taking to call six and seven the steps that separate the men from the boys. But Bill had access to it. <laughs> hot, hot topic here. So. Can I just tell you about my reading? Fuck yeah, you can even read your reading if you like. Well, here's here's the thing. I think it's awesome. This is what makes me realize that we're all why we're all friends because we basically picked we all picked basically the same reading just from three <laughs> different places in the book. I I got that feeling when you started talking and that's why I was, I was like, like, I need to read my reading. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> fuck. So I basically okay, so my original reading was um Sometimes we hear an alcoholic say that the only thing he needs to do is to keep sober, <laughs> which is basically it's the same thing. not basically it's, it's literally it's one paragraph ahead of where Clarence was. And it's in the same story, really. So I'm going to switch my reading on the fly, but 
to the NA book really... where it tells you that all you have to do is not use. <laughs> I'm gonna Just jump to the. I'm gonna jump over to my trusty living sober. Don't pick up. <laughs> no unless, matter unless what, unless it's a a bowl of candy. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read from the pick next the page eighty three and call three alcoholics every night. And make sure you buy lots of Snickers bars and Jolly Ranchers. Hell yeah. Helpful. Uh, okay. So it says the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. That's it. Mm. That's the whole reading. Um, and I think this right. is actually kind of the point we were just going over. It's, which still, is, it's still the same reading. It is. It's, that's <laughs> the thing. It's like there's nine pages, but it's all the same thing. It's that I love what Clarence was just talking about. It's, and I, I had never thought of it this way. This idea of people trying to be spiritual rather than have a spiritual experience. I love that. It's brilliant. Um, I could not have, I could have sat on a mountaintop for 20 years and, and meditated. And I don't know that I would ever have touched the spiritual feeling that I felt um, after I made my second amends where I walked in with $250, which was, almost all the money that I had at that moment and I handed it to another person and then I walked and I said my amends and then I left. Now, when I left that place, six blocks, my feet didn't touch the ground. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was an anti-God, anti-spirituality, anti-religion person and I felt so close to God in that moment. It was undeniable. Yeah. There's no amount of praying, meditating, anything that could have ever brought that experience to me. And this is the thing I try to express to sponsees in different ways. I try to use different analogies to express what it feels like to have God in your life. Um, And I've tried to explain to them, like, imagine that you have um, the hottest person you can imagine like i'm talking like smoking fucking hot like whoever is like the hottest person i don't just mean physically i mean like physically mentally spiritually this person is everything and they're a hundred percent into you but not in like a weird creeper way right they're like into you in like the coolest fucking way possible right you have that just that feeling of this perfect partner and they're totally down for you, fucking ride or die, and you just won the Powerball. <laughs> That's fucking God. That's what it feels like to have God in my life, completely fucking taken care of on every level, you know? Completely satisfied on every level. And I don't think you can explain that. I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can express that to somebody else. I think it has to be something you experience, but. I can sit around and um, watch Instagram videos from Bon Appetit and watch them cook, right? And theorize about all the cooking they're doing. But I'm never going to feel full and I'm never going to know what the fuck that food tastes like. I have to go out and make that shit and have that experience myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that resonated with me too because like, For some reason, more often, like, so I'm, I come from a place of just, I think all three of us coming into AA, just like absolutely uninterested in, in the God idea and just a hundred percent convinced that there is no God. And so 
it's really funny to me that like and i don't know if it just has more to do with like plain odds of there's just more people with religion or something in their life than there are real hardcore atheists or something but i tend to get sponsees who are in the door just like Oh yeah, I believe in God. Mm. Yeah, I got. Yeah, yeah, I got. Too. Yeah, I've been, I've been praying. <laughs> it's crazy. It's the same thing that you said. Like, what? There, every time, it's just like, and I'm kind of like, sometimes I want to do a hard reset and just be like, time out, time out. So, you, you don't need to impress me. You, <laughs> right? You don't need totally. to. You don't need to tell me you're doing stuff that you heard people say you should be doing. You don't need to. You know what I mean? Like. Ultimately, no matter what your belief system is, no matter what kind of power you believe in, I'm not sure you have a conscious contact with that power. Right. If you're fresh from an OD, suicide attempt, uh, whatever, blacking out and punching your wife and wrecking your car, like wherever you're at, you're sitting here asking me for help, you know, and that's fucking... That's a weird thing right. to think about just to begin with, but and that's just another one of those things you got to kind of chip away at, it you know with loving force, just like all right, bud. So you know, awesome. Maybe right. maybe your your best thinking's not right. Not yeah, doing it right now. I had a guy at the who's in the Salvation Army, and he was deeply religious, and uh, you know could quote the Bible front and back as father was a preacher like believed in god and that's like not what we're talking about in aa like the belief in god like okay yeah you have to be open-minded and step two says if you believe or if you're open-minded like okay but th- that's just at step two like we're not talking the through the 12 steps you don't get a belief in god you get a relationship with god because the relationship with god is what's going to keep you sober and, and give you a spiritual experience and make your life amazing and I look at it like any other relationship when I'm describing it to guys. Like, like, yeah. don't try to get all philosophical here. Like, pretend God's like your girlfriend or something. Like, if you go to your girlfriend and you tell her something and she starts talking and you just walk out of the room and you just <laughs> do that every time. Like, how do you think your relationship's going to be with your girl? You know, really shitty. Uh, <clears throat> and that's that, that's that language thing, too. It's like... You're speaking my language right there, because like when I hear you say that, I don't hear that with the ears of a new guy. I hear that with my ears as a recovered person who sponsors people. What I hear is like, yeah, uh, I'm ignoring direct inspirations from God. Right. I'm just walking. I'm I'm walking going out the door. I'm like, going. How do you think your relationship's gonna be? <laughs> Not today, God. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and I, I love I love that you said that because I tell guys all the time, I'm like, imagine this is a, I say the exact same, imagine this is a relationship with your girlfriend, and now just don't talk to your girlfriend for 90 days. <laughs> don't speak to her. <laughs> just sit on the fucking couch and watch TV, but don't make a, don't make any conversation whatsoever and see how the fuck you're doing 90 days from now. Well, like, where, that's, not- where that's so stark is like one of these dudes who's just like calling you and he's miserable and he's got some fucking problem every time he calls you. And every time you talk to him, you're like, cool. Uh, how many dudes you're sponsoring? Um, how much t- How much time did, you know, what's your 11th step look like right now? And then it's kind of like, well, you're awake for 16 hours a day and you're giving God right. five minutes? Yeah. Where God just gets only five minutes. Exactly. Yeah, or you're just doing the foxhole prayer. Right. 
absolutely. And um, I, what you were saying, Clarence, it made me think of page 13 in Bill's story when um, they go through his steps. And then I, I always go through this with guys specifically. I agree. I've never had so many sponsees who have come into Alcoholics Anonymous with this idea of already having God in their life. Like I've, ne- that was not my experience when, when I was new and, and where I got sober, that was absolutely not the experience of majority of people. Majority of people were anti-God and that was just the, what was happening in that community. Um, but the, it says my friend promised when the, when these things were done, I would enter upon a new relationship with my creator. I always remind these guys that the word new in there is is important because new means never before experienced. So even if you already have a relationship with God, this is going to create a new relationship and it's going to be a relationship you've not experienced, but it's not promised until all the shit is done. Right. Right. It's not, I went to 90 meetings. I wrote half of a four step and, uh, and I prayed 15 times, you know, Yeah. Well, got the union job. (laughs) Right. And in regards to the the amends specifically is, uh, you know, we we decide in step two, either God is everything or God is nothing. So we come to this conclusion that God is everything. So if if we use the relationship analogy, like if you steal from your girlfriend or you cheat on your girlfriend and then you don't make amends for that, what's that going to look like? You're, you're probably going to lose that relationship. And so if God is everything, then God is literally, if you're not making amends, you're, you're literally not making amends to, you're not doing God's work. It's like, it's clear because you've hurt other, other parts of his creation and you're not amending any of that. So of course you're not going to have a, a relationship with God or, or a, you know, at least a poor one. <laughs> okay. Uh, 12 questions with Clarence. How long did it take you to do the steps? Uh, about a month. Three weeks, maybe. Word. What is your least favorite AA slogan, and why? Oof. I mean, it's gotta be just don't drink. I mean, it's... Yeah. There's a lot I really I hate and I think are kill people, but I think just don't drink is just like what you've how, you've literally not read the book. Like, <laughs> well, no, I think the problem, Clarence, there is that you you're not quoting it. You're not quoting credit. It's it's just don't drink, no matter what. Oh, no matter what. <laughs> I thought okay, so, that makes sense now. Yeah. Once you had that last part, it clicks into yeah, place. Yeah, then makes that's sense. in the book. Yeah, that part. Right. <laughs> So yeah, it's page one sixty five. Right after it says, "I am others." Right. <laughs> uh, when did you feel the nearness of your creator? Uh, probably. Uh, I tell the story all the time, but finding a bottle of Percocet in a new place I was living in, and uh, it was held holding it in my hand, and uh, gave it to its rightful owner, and the the thought never. The thought never crossed my mind to use it. You know, I had realized that something profound had happened in my life. That's awesome. I, I do love that story. When was the last time you heard someone's fifth step? Ooh, it's been a, too long. Uh, it's got to be six months, maybe. It's not good. Five, maybe. Well, I'm- I'm feeling kind of talkative if you got about 19 hours. 
Let's do it. Short one. I, I'm, not, I'm losing lots of guys lately. I'm, get, I'm losing lots of guys on step one lately. We go over step one and boom, don't hear from them again. I mean, is, it, is that unusual for you, though? Are you throwing no. in? Are you including the back half, the no matter what part? Yeah, maybe that's where I lose them. Really. <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. You've been misquoting it this whole time. Right. There's two parts of step one. There's the just right. don't drink, and then there's the no matter what. Right. See, they, they just think just don't drink, and then something happens, and they're like, well, I guess I'll drink. But you know, Oh, normally, it was no matter what. <laughs> he didn't say anything about 4th of July. <laughs> I drank. <laughs> well, I usually lose guys on four. It's more common. But I'm losing guys on one a lot lately. We overstep one, and I just I don't think they're alcoholic. Uh, I don't tell them that, but they just are not relating. Gotta fucking weed them out, buddy. I know. It's my job. It's good. Okay, have you heard a fifth step that did not include weird sex stuff? No. What's your idea of the perfect meeting? Perfect meeting? Perfect meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, People talking about the book, but there's newcomers there too. There's people offering sponsorship. Yeah. Word. Is it live or over Zoom? <laughs> live. <laughs> it can be over Zoom, but yeah, I'm thinking in my, in my mind, I'm thinking of like this live paradise, like in a garden. Mm. There's newcomers, there's sponsors. Everybody's actually talking about the big book. Okay, fine. Is everyone wearing masks, or are they real patriots? <laughs> They're patriots. <laughs> okay. Um, outside of uh, meeting with sponsees and preparing to meet with sponsees, how much time have you spent studying the big book? Uh, a lot. I don't know. Um, I mean, a fair, fair uh, probably an equal amount, honestly. Not an equal amount. That's not true. But it's, I mean, yeah, I, I study the, a lot of the meetings I go to. We talk about the book on my own time. I, you know, reference back to the book. Yeah. Do you want a cool. number? I don't think I could put a number. Sorry, we're going to need a number. <laughs> <laughs> um, how many stories have you read out of the back of the book? Oh, man. One or two. <laughs> two, probably. Really one good. because Any I was forced and one because I wanted to. He was brooding the whole time. I hate reading that shit. What was the one I love you wanted to read? Dr. Bob's Nightmare. Oh, it's God. a great story. Oh, yeah, I figured. I love story. it. It's a good one. How did your sponsor approach you? Uh, he actually didn't. I was uh, looking for a my current sponsor. I was looking for a big book sponsor because I had was in a new state and in a previous state I had had I had had a spiritual experience and I had recovered through working the steps but I failed to enlarge my spiritual life and I relapsed. I got put in another state uh, and I was trying to find I you know I approached all sorts of people and people approached me and none of them were big book there just weren't any big book people and I called someone in the last state I lived in and they called somebody up where I was living and uh, gave me a number of someone who's a big book guy and yeah called him started working steps nice nice 
How many people have you sponsored? Oh, oh, quite a few. A dozen, dozen, maybe a couple dozen. Okay. How many meetings do you attend weekly? And I would like to have your answer in both current Zoom times and non-Zoom times. Uh, I never go more than four. Right now, it's three. Uh, I go to two treatment centers in person, and I go to my home group on Zoom. Nice. Nice. All right. Last question. Fuck, Mary kill. Marty Mann... Sister Ignatia, <laughs> Doctor Silkworth. Damn. <laughs> I knew it would work with him because he, he knew everybody. Oh, uh, fuck his Sister Ignatia easily, you know. Cause... Dirty, dirty boy. <laughs> I felt it, I felt like it'd be a harder decision, but okay. No. He's like. He's like, no, I'm into nuns at school. <laughs> no, just, I just feel like it's the off-limits factor. It's just getting me going. <laughs> uh, man. And I would uh, marry Marty Mann. Oh! Surprise turn there. <laughs> she a lesbian? Yes. <laughs> Again, the off-limits thing. <laughs> Get me going. Now we kill Silkworth. Wow. Wow, that is controversial. Yeah. Because he said uh, it's an allergy, and really it's a phenomenon of craving. So you fucked up, doctor. <laughs> but isn't the phenomenon of craving the allergy? Oh, yeah, they're talking about the same thing, but medically speaking, it's not literally an allergy. You don't get. Uh, this is one of those. You don't things, go into shock when you drink. This alcohol. is one of those no, but, uh, where they, but like, an allergy is is an is abnormal an abnormal reaction. reaction to a substance. I can. I don't believe. I'm pull up your 1939. Go ahead. I don't believe. I have. I'm. I have. I'm allergic to hay fever. I don't go into shock. I just I'm allergic to. Allergy. I'm allergic a, to dust mites. A damaging immune I, response by the body to a substance, especially pollen, fur, or particular food. See, this is where groups get super. I think it's our like, word where <laughs> yeah. they like they spend 80 bucks to buy a 1939 dictionary. Right. And every five minutes of the meeting, they're like, can someone um, <laughs> please define when? Well, no, I, I struggle with. Here's the thing. Like, I will get Clarence is way smarter than me about this stuff. And I would defer to him on big book stuff. But the way that it the way that it makes sense to me is that the allergy is the way that the allergy shows up is the phenomenon of craving just like the, my allergy to hay fever shows up by my eyes watering and my nose running so it's like that the, I've i think had, I've had, right i'm not denying that it's not a physical thing i, I think, think it is a physical issue thing. is with the word allergy yeah i'm just being what a would prick. Be the, what would be the i don't i don't like to use the word allergy speaking for myself because it has a different context now than it did 80 years ago because right, from what I've read it. 80 years ago when they used the word allergy it wasn't exclusively talking about like anaphylactic response or whatever mm -hmm. or well, like and, and hives it was literally literally the definition that that I have read from from the 30s is abnormal physical reaction 
That's what I have. Abnormal but, reaction to but a substance. In, but I just sound like a weirdo in meetings saying I have an abnormal physical reaction. I just don't say allergy because I think it's like, I don't say disease either because I think that that's fucking weird too to be in there. I have a disease. I'm allergic to alcohol. It just sounds fucking weird given that mm -hmm. 80 years of etymology has happened. Right. And right. like, you know, the the language has evolved. It yeah. means different things now. And also you have Absolutely. dickheads who are like, uh, I'm allergic to gluten. And it, just because like they read an article about a headache they had. It's an intolerance. Yeah. Right. And they're not right. even intolerant. Not fair. Just, you know. But your issue is with That's the word. I'm just the being word. snobby. Yeah. I'm yeah. just trying to find. I'm digging for reasons to kill Silkworth here. All right. <laughs> No, I get it. You got to find something and fuck that guy. So, for clarification, <laughs> there wasn't really a there wasn't really an issue with Silkworth. You're just so straight, you can't hypothetically say you would fuck a guy. Right, right. Yeah, it's a it's hmm. interesting, sad, mm. sad. That leads us right into our bonus question. Mm -hmm. How do you define thirteenth stepping? Uh, I think just manipulating. Uh, Sexually manipulating people and alcoholics, not uh, you know, taking advantage of people who are not recovered. Nice. So you're not going to ask me the two-part, three-part question. No, we have a bunch uh, of different ones. <laughs> we always well, he no, always comes the, up with new ones. The two-part, three-part, uh, two-fold, three. Do you want to answer that one? I didn't ask you. I didn't ask you, Bill or Bob. He was loaded. Look at him. I didn't he was loaded. loaded. I was ready for, for the two-fold. That's three why fold. I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask yeah, you what's the most important word in step one either, because those are kind of like locked and loaded. So I'm like, guys, no, I'm not I mean, doing I just don't understand. It's we. Like, obviously, we. Lives. Were. Uh, <laughs> lives. Our. Uh, okay, cool. Well, yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for doing this. Thank really you. Great. Yeah, yeah it's great. Awesome. Great conversation. Thank you, Clarence. Yeah. It's always good to see you. Thanks for listening.